Hello and welcome to the Villain Era podcast. My name's Justine and this week I'm going to be talking about how we can thrive through a breakup. Um, Not just survive, not just get through it, but thrive and make sure that you're coming out feeling better than you went in, more powerful, more hot, hotter, more hot, (laughs) sexier, um, and just have it as a chance to realize it's a new beginning. I feel kind of weird today because normally I like do my hair and makeup and everything to podcast, but I really just wanted to get this podcast out and feeling really casual, so we probably won't have any video of it. Um, But it also feels kind of nice to just sit here and talk a lot more casually than feeling like I have to get all dressed up for this. So week, week recap, I have been super emotional this week. I'm probably going to start my period next week, so I'm sure that's playing into it. I've had a couple different things like come up where literally I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. It's really exciting. And as far as me getting to open that next chapter of my life, I've found somewhere that in April I'm able to move into in Austin. That's been a really big goal of mine is to start moving down here. I've started creating a lot more friends in Austin. So that feels super comforting and allowing me to feel really stable here. And I don't know, I'm just happy. I feel excited for the future. Yesterday I went grocery shopping and I got in my car and I literally just started crying because I just felt so much gratitude that I'm able to go grocery shopping and buy the foods I want and I don't have to worry about where my grocery budget is. I mean, I'm not buying like lobster tails and filet mignon, right? But to just have that gratitude that I can nourish my body and I can fill my gro- fill my fridge and then I have to go back to Cincinnati in May and today I was talking to both my mom and a girlfriend and they're gonna take off work through the weekday I'm there and we're gonna go to a really nice dinner and I just started crying about that because I have so much gratitude that I have people in my life that are willing to do those things for me and care for me so I don't know I've been I've been emotional and in a good way I'm really excited for everything to come also if you're like into Austin at all this week starts south by southwest And I am honestly so confused about what it is. It's like a tech and innovation conference thing, but there's just weirdly all these events that are free, but then also you can buy a wristband, but then also there's tickets and then there's concerts and then there's all these places that have free food. And I'm just very confused as to the point of all of this free stuff. And also if I show up to these free things, How long am I going to be waiting in line? I don't know. I want to check some things out for sure since it's my first time in Austin for this. But I am also not someone who loves crowded spaces. I would rather pay for my food than have to worry about it being super crowded. But I don't know. It it should definitely be an interesting um, little weekend 10 days I think it goes on. I have been following like some different Instagram accounts in terms of trying to trying to act like a local here. (laughs) So that'll be fun, but I want to dive into this topic of how we can thrive through a breakup, and I want to use the term breakup kind of loosely because I do think that even if you are in a relationship with someone, and by the term relationship, I do not mean that they have to be your boyfriend or girlfriend, right? 
This could just be someone that you've been seeing and maybe you caught feelings for. This could be a friendship breakup. This could be all sorts of things where maybe someone's kind of leaving your life and how we can get through that. I thought it was really interesting. I was looking up the stages of a breakup, the stages of grief, and they really coincide. And there's a couple different models, whether you believe in five stages or seven stages, but the stages are desperate for answers and denial. Stage two is pain and guilt. Three, anger and bargaining. Four, relapse or depression. Five, the upward turn. Six, reconstruction and working through. And then seven, acceptance and hope. And I thought this was really interesting to learn about because desperate for answers, denial, you're kind of in that phase of, oh my gosh, there's no way this is happening. He's not going to leave me. She's not going to leave me. I have to fix this kind of thing. And then you get into that pain and guilt where maybe you really put a lot of pressure on yourself for everything that you did wrong. You're crying. You're really upset. Anger and bargaining. Maybe you're trying to get them to come back or you're just super angry at them like you have a lot of hatred towards them obviously relapse or depression i think a lot of people know you can go through and say oh wait do we want to try this again or just being in that really depressive state and then we get to i think the exciting ones where you have that upward turn where things start to get better reconstruction and working through where you get to rebuild your life and then obviously acceptance and hope where you realize this is all so much for the better and you have hope for the future and one of the important things to remember is that you don't necessarily go through all of these steps in an exactly a linear fashion some people might skip a step some people might kind of circle back to a certain step a few times it's really going to depend on your situation and your breakup and how you're going through that and when I think about you know maybe it more of a short-term relationship ending, not necessarily hitting all of these stages, right? Maybe it was easier or less easier versus more of a long-term breakup hitting. A lot of people can, I think, not realize that you go through these stages before the breakup happens. Like I can very easily sit and say, you know, I went through denial. I went through that pain and guilt. I went through anger and bargaining. I went through relapse. Um, and I did all of that before anyone realized that I was actually leaving the relationship. And then once I left, there was a little bit of a little bit of the depression, a couple of weeks, but for the most part, that's when I really got to start in that upward turn and rediscovering. And again, there's not gonna say that there wasn't days after that where, oh, I, I had a lot of anger on a certain day, right? Because healing isn't linear. But I think that so many people can, they see the end of a relationship publicly and then they expect you to go through all of those stages of grief after that where they don't necessarily see that you've been working through so many of these before it even got to that point. And I just thought that was very, very fitting because it's something I've tried to explain to people when I say, hey, like, yeah, this is the day I, this is the day I left. This is the day I moved out, but it's not the day, you know, it's not like that just happened in one day. There were so many other times where I was very, very close to leaving. So many other times that things almost happened. And I think also it's really important to understand that it makes sense that breakups hurt, right? We are meant to feel our feelings 
And if you're going through life where you're never getting hurt, that means you're probably never really truly letting someone in. And I just don't believe that that's a way to live. I was talking to one of my other friends who's dating right now, and there's always a lot of questioning in the start of dating, right? What's going on? Where does this person stand? And I said, you know what? I see TikToks every day where the woman is like, oh, I was married for 10 years and one day my husband just up and left. And that's crazy. It's terrible. You obviously have to hope that never happens to you. It just shows that you never know. You can never control another person and you might as well just follow your heart. And I'm someone who's just going to put my whole heart into things either way. Learn from the experiences, see what happens, but I can't I can't I can't do my whole half a heart. I'm not a half a heart kind of person. As I mentioned last week, we're doing it for the plot. <laughs> Sometimes you need a really sad story, right? No one wants to watch a movie that's just all happiness. Um, we got to have that little sad part that makes the plot really interesting. But I want to share some of my tips that have really helped me, I think, thrive through everything I've gone through, a couple different breakups or things ending, whatever. And the number one thing I believe is no contact. I'm a huge proponent of blocking people. I am a huge proponent of deleting numbers. <laughs> like I am not going to message you. Uh, I have this thing where if someone ghosts me or if someone just doesn't really like follow through the way I would like. I changed their name in my phone to three little tombstones. And that way it kind of reminds me if someone does come back from uh, the graveyard, <laughs> if someone does, at least I have some semblance of what that number is. I think also it's something that deep down, maybe you don't want to admit that at the time, it, it's almost like a stepping stone for me too, right? Because sometimes maybe you know that the right thing is to delete the number, but you have a little bit of hope left. And so you're like, you know what, I'm just going to change the name. And then that way I am not going to reach out. But if they reach out, I'll kind of know who it is. Um, I also always like delete message history, things like that. But I am a huge, I just think, I'm sure one person is going to chime in and be like, oh, my ex is my best friend, like blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, when people end something in a romantic relationship and when you really care, that does not need to become a friendship. I don't think so. There are so many other people in the world that you can be friends with that you don't need to be like, oh, I just really want to stay his friend. I am not. I am not a fan of that. Actually, I'm pretty sure there's been some studies that it's like sociopaths like to stay friends with their exes because they have this need that they want the people to still like them. And that's like the only people who needs to stay friends with their exes. So are, are you a sociopath? <laughs> um, but, you know, I like I mentioned, block them, get them out of your phone, unfollow them on social media, and you do not need to be keeping tabs on them. I am also a believer that closure is kind of bullshit. There's definitely times where you need to say your piece, say what you're thinking, but I don't think that you can ever expect closure from another person. You cannot expect them to give you that. Them not giving you an answer, them not respecting you, them ghosting you, that should be closure enough. You should look at that and be like, that is such an unattractive behavior from someone. I don't need them to come up with some silly excuse of why they did what they did. I know I'm good enough to move on. And then 
with the blocking, with the deleting of the numbers. One of the new rules I come I have come up with is that if you're going to drunk text someone, you need to decide if you're going to send the you need to decide while you're still sober if you're going to send the drunk text or not. Like this is my silly little thing. If I because I don't know if guys know this, but sometimes girls like just use, oh, I'm drunk as an excuse to send a little text. So I'm a big believer. You already know. You should know sober. Don't do something just because you're drunk. If you were like, hey, I wasn't going to send this, don't send it. Go and send. Go text your best friend instead. Or, you know, my I will give you my phone number. Come text me. Come drunk text me. I will tell you how beautiful and amazing you are. And you don't need to drunk text that man or woman. Clear them out of your life. You have to make energy in your life for newness to come in. Now, the next thing I did, and honestly, this was, this is gold. This was so, so helpful for me. I created two different lists. So the first list I created was kind of a, I called it my remember when list. When we end something, we tend to look back on things and we romanticize them. We look back on things and we remember the good parts. And we often will block out the bad times. You know, it's very common when you go through trauma to block it out. And it can be so easy to look back and think like, oh, but we had these good times, right? And like, that's what gets in your head and that's what you think about. But I want you to go through and write down the bad shit that happened. Write down the red flags. Write down the things that were like, nope, I cannot be in this relationship anymore. And this is what the relationship truly reflected. Write all of that down and put it in a note for you so that you can look back at it. Also, if maybe the relationship was not, maybe it wasn't any like red flags, but write down the things that made this person incompatible for you. So maybe there were reasons, maybe there were things about this person that you were overlooking because, oh, I really love them. Oh, I really like them. Oh, I could see a future. I'm going to overlook these specific things and write those down as well, right? Maybe they are not in, they don't support your passions. They are not into health and fitness the way you are. Maybe you guys had disagreements on what kids should be or a future and you kind of thought, oh, I'll figure that out when the time comes. But no, write down those things, put them in a list and remind yourself because we don't need to sit there romanticizing like, oh my God, remember like that really good date we went on? And it's like, honey, you went on one really good date in three years, no, remember everything else that happened. Remember all the times he refused to take you on a date. Remember all the times he did not make a reservation. Like we should not be begging for someone to make dinner plans. So put that in a list. And then your second list, the second list I made, I called my selfish list. And this was this list is fun. I still have this list. I still use it. And I want you to think about all of the things that you wish you could have done that you didn't do because you were in a relationship. And this is kind of similar to a bucket list, except for me, bucket list feels really like morbid and we're talking about death. Also bucket list to me sounds like I have the next 60 years to accomplish it. Versus my selfish list was more things that I wanted to go out and do ASAP. Um, some of the things that were on my selfish list, I've told you guys this already, but got my nipples pierced. That was something that I've actually, I had them done in college and my college kind of boyfriend, terrible, terrible situation, um, he hated them. So I literally had them in for like a day on spring break and then I took them out and they bled everywhere and it was so, so bad. So it's like, I'm getting this done again. <laughs> um, I got a tattoo. 
I told myself that I was not swiping on any men that I was not physically attracted to. That was a big one for me. I wanted to move to Austin. Uh, I want to take some pole classes. I still haven't done that yet. That one is definitely, as soon as I, um, I kind of, I don't have a car, <laughs> which people think is really weird, <laughs> um, but I don't have a car. So as soon as I can do something where I'm driving a little bit more, I do all home workouts. I am definitely signing up for a pole class and just sitting there and thinking about you know, what are those things that you really want to do and refer back to these lists, you know, refer back to is there a really great restaurant that you can take yourself on a date to take this time to be selfish. This is the perfect time in life to be selfish, put a lot of energy back into yourself. But I think having these lists, I put them in the notes section of my phone so I could kind of refer to them if I ever needed to, because like I said, I'm going to say it a million times. Healing isn't linear. You can refer back. And this is something I've done multiple times now, like not just in my divorce, but, you know, anytime a guy has ghosted me since I'm like, okay, we're going to sit and write these lists because they've been so beneficial. I'm also just a list person. Once you've done that, once you've gone through that, you have to just lean into your support system. I am someone who keeps a very small circle, but also I think that I like to make sure people know I'm strong. And for a while, I was really not telling anyone what was going on in my life. And I was talking, again, some wise, wise words from my therapist. But telling your story is a form of self-protection. The same way that not telling your story was a form of self-protection, right? Like not telling my story, not telling what I was going through at the time, that was a form of self-protection to attempt to protect my relationship So now that you can tell your story, it's like kind of saying, hey, I wasn't strong during this time. I was going through something and I'm telling you this now because if I get weak again, I want you to know what happened. I want you to remind me. I want you to remind me too of this remember when list. But telling your story is such a great form of self-protection and really leaning into your friendships because, and this is why, you know, you just never want to get into a relationship and bail on all your friends because one day you're going to need those friendships no matter what happens whether it's even if you lived happily ever after for the next 60 years you're going to want those friendships when your husband passes away and you have to organize a funeral so really leaning into your friends and allowing them to see you be vulnerable and see you be hurt is super super important now the next topic i have thought about how i wanted to word this so many different times but i've decided i think this is The perfect example, stay busy with yourself. And what do I mean by that? Because I don't think that staying super busy and avoiding all of your emotions is the right answer by any means. I also don't think that doing nothing and sitting in your bedroom and crying and eating ice cream for three weeks, that's allowed for like a day, okay? But not for three weeks. I don't think that's the right answer either. I think you obviously have to find a balance of getting to know yourself, doing self-reflection and spending time with yourself. But also, I think staying busy and keeping active is just the most important thing for your mind to not go insane sometimes. We all know that we have to spend some time alone and we have to do reflection, but this can look different for everyone. So you also can't quantify like how much time does someone have to spend alone? Because I think it's really different as someone who works from home alone all day 
that's going to feel a lot more alone than someone who is going to an office all day and having those social interactions. And while that's not necessarily seeming like healing over a breakup, it's definitely keeping your mind busy in a certain way. Whereas if you're just sitting at home in your thoughts all day, that can be really hard. Take that time. And I think the part about staying busy with yourself is that you want to remember that the best revenge is just to live a really freaking awesome life. Like that's the best thing you can do is just go live life to its fullest and like be like, I am so full as a person. My life is so full. It does not need a relationship that wasn't right to make my life better by any means. So when you're sitting with yourself and you're going through these self-reflections, I think it's really important to find what works for you. So personally, I am a huge fan of journaling. I do this thing called the morning pages. Every single morning I sit and I write three pages. I can probably count on two hands. Like I haven't even missed that many days in the entire year. I do this every morning. And even if it's not in the morning, like if something happened, I usually try, I'll try and do it at night as well. But take up journaling, really sit there and just start. And the reason you write three pages is that sometimes it takes a minute for you to really get into what's in your head, what's going on deep. Today, I'll tell you, I just I had some feelings come up today from journaling that made me super angry. And it was just kind of like, God, where did these come from? But it's so helpful to then process that anger and let it release from my body. You could start a meditation practice. You can go on walks, you know, being in tune with your body while also thinking about things. Our body works when it's in motion. It just works better. Like we're not meant to just be a sedentary, laying on the log, stick in the mud kind of person. Going to the gym, I will be the first person to say that the gym is not therapy. (laughs) Therapy is therapy. But going to the gym, it brings out endorphins. It challenges you. It pushes you. And it has so many benefits. It does have a lot of mental health benefits that can help you start to process and just feel a lot better. And then while you're staying busy with yourself, right, go back through that selfish list and start checking things off. Hey, I don't have any plans on Friday. You know, what can I do that's going to be something for myself? Honestly, that's how getting my nipples pierced was. It was like, hey, it was Friday night. Uh, my, I was living with my cousin and her husband at the time and they had dinner plans. And so I was just like, text another girl. I'm like, so do you want to go do this with me? (laughs) And it was like the perfect Friday night plans. So I want you to fall in love with the process of just becoming the best version of yourself, becoming the best version that you just like have. I think too, I just want to lay on my deathbed and have stories. I just want to tell the craziest stories. And I think that's the only way we can do that is we go out and just live life and have fun. And then it's going to just help you build that life where you feel complete. You don't need another person to complete you. And then when someone comes along, they're only going to add to your life and your tolerance for bullshit is going to be so low. You are not going to let someone come into your life that makes your life miserable. Like you've built this really awesome life where you have amazing friends, family, you have self-reflection, you have personal growth, you're doing all this stuff for yourself that you know that the next person that comes in has to add to that or there's no room for them. I also think it really helps with dating too when you just have hobbies, you have friends, you have things that you're going to do. It doesn't make you seem like you're just sitting around waiting for a man, which, you know, at, at the end of the day, doesn't feel very attractive, right? 
you want to be so in love with your life that you don't even realize if a guy hasn't texted you back. Let me tell you, that's easier said than done, right? But just be so in love with your life, so busy and so focused on you that another person's actions do not control your emotions. That's such an important tactic in life, not just in breakups, but you know, if that can come into your career, that can come into your family dynamics, that is the ultimate, you know, I said like fuck stoicism last week, but I think that would be an opportune time where you have a little bit of that stoicism and saying, I am not concerned, your actions do not affect my emotions. Now, I've dropped a lot of wisdom bombs from therapy, so I think it's clear to say, I think you should go to therapy. I think everyone should be going to therapy. I just cannot imagine. I don't even think, I think if someone ever said, oh, I didn't really have a reason to go to therapy. That's just silly. We all have a reason to go to the gym. We all have a reason to work on our mental health. Go to therapy. Remember, healing isn't linear. You're going to have days where you think everything's in the past and then something's going to happen. Something's going to trigger you. And every time I think to myself, I go to therapy right now, um, you know, for a while I was going every week when I was really struggling with things, I would go every single week. Currently, I go every other week. And I swear, every time I think, oh, I'm going to cancel this session or maybe we move to monthly, something comes back and I'm just like, oh, yeah, the, the universe is laughing at me. We are not canceling our appointments yet. We need this session. Therapy, similar to coaching, is the days that you don't necessarily have something to talk about can be the most beneficial days, right? It's because if you don't have something to talk about that's going on in your life currently, then that gives you the space to dive into your past. It gives you the space to dive into traumas and start to look at why do I act this way based on what happened to me when I was five. (laughs) Those things, we can dive into that a lot deeper if we aren't so focused on the day-to-day of what's happening exactly now. But guys, you know, I've shared this before. I found my therapist on psychologytoday.com. Most therapists have a free consultation call so you can find someone who's a good fit for you. And then, you know, make sure that you do feel like it's someone that you vibe with. But it's so, so important. And I know it's just changed my life mentally and, again, made me such a better person and helped me to prepare for whenever I end up finding another relationship again. Now, this tip is going to be a quick one, but I read one book. I didn't read one book. (laughs) I read a lot of books, but I read one book that really sticks out in my mind that I suggest to so many people if they are maybe questioning their relationship or they just got out of a hard breakup and it's called Too Good to Leave, Too Bad to Stay. And I'm going to link it in the show notes, but this book is written by a relationship therapist. So she has gone through hundreds and hundreds of couples and kind of compiled where she thought relationships, people stayed and worked it out and it was worth it or where people stayed and it didn't work out and it wasn't worth it. And she has a list. There's, I think, just like 30 something questions in the book. And each of the questions asks you, hey, like, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And it goes through and it helps you really decide if this is the, a good relationship, if this relationship has a future. And two of the things that I really learned from this, well, one, so I actually listened to this book I already had left my relationship when I listened to the book. However, it really helped me to solidify in my choice where I no longer had to feel guilty or question. It helped me say, no, 100% I made the right choice, even though I I knew what I was doing, but it was nice to have that outside validation. 
One of the things that it really highlights that I enjoy, though, is that positives do not weigh out the negatives. Think about if you have the most beautiful home and it looks gorgeous, but the bedroom is filled with toxic black mold and the whole, all the walls are filled with toxic black mold. That's not a house you can live in. And all of the positives, the beautiful pool, the beautiful furniture, the beautiful landscaping, right? That doesn't outweigh this negative, this one negative. So the same thing can go in relationships. You can have a lot of good times, but if there is a massive negative red flag, And obviously there's going to be certain things. No relationship is perfect, small things. But the questions that this book harps on, they're pretty big, big ideas. And if those are a negative, if you just answer one of these as like, no, it's not worth staying, then she says don't stay because those the things that it hits on are so big. And that was really powerful for me because I always have stayed in relationships for so long because I'm like, oh, well, what about this? Or what about like that time we laughed a lot? And it's it's not worth it. Like there's going to be a hundred times over you're better off to just be alone than to deal with those massive things that can be negatives. Now, as you are going through this breakup, I think it's so important to say only you get to decide when it's time to date again. I definitely do not recommend just going out and jumping on dating apps, jumping on a date right away. I know that can seem really tempting, but truthfully, that's not fair to you and that's not fair to the person you're going on a date with either. So I will be honest, I got on Bumble pretty quickly after I left my marriage, but I did nothing on it. Like I just got on Bumble, I downloaded it and I would not meet anyone. I would not talk to anyone. I just wanted to see I just needed to like see for myself that there were other people out there. I just needed to see that. And I know that sounds silly. Obviously, there's a million, you know, eight billion people in the world. But it was just like I just had to see. And then I was way too scared to talk to anyone. I was way too scared to start any conversation. So I did that for I was on it for maybe like a few days and then I just deleted it right away. And then I waited. I spent time alone. I traveled a little bit before I actually got back on dating apps. But I think some of the things and when we're looking towards like, when is it time to date again? When are you ready? Number one, which this should go without saying, but as I mentioned, you shouldn't just run out dating right away. You should be over your ex. I was watching Perfect Match last night and one of the questions they asked in one of the games was said, oh, is your partner not over their ex? And people kind of tried to justify that this guy was not over his ex. I'm like, hell no. Why are you on a dating show if you are not over your ex? Um, That's a huge one. I think another thing that is really a red flag about maybe you should not be dating again is are you repeating the same mistakes? So whatever mistakes you made in your last relationship or where you turning into, um, you know, dysfunctional relationships, if you keep finding yourself in that, it's probably time to pull back and say like, okay, I really need to spend some time alone. And this is a huge thing I talked with my therapist about too, is she's just said, you don't have a pattern of this, right? It's not like you've been doing this forever. You haven't done this in other relationships in your life. So I'm not concerned. I think you're totally fine to be dating again when I did decide to do that. If you're making those same mistakes over and over, that's when you have to step back and say like, what am I doing? Why am I attracting this? I also heard this quote that I just loved. And it was, what if this was the last month in your life that you were going to be single? 
I want you to think about that because so often we're so quick to want to jump into relationships. But what if this was just the last month? What if you knew next month you were going to meet your soulmate? How would you spend this month? I think that ideally you meet your soulmate and your life gets better. But at the same time, you get to go back and say, okay, what's on this selfish list? What are the selfish things I'm going to do before I meet my soulmate? Because maybe that soulmate then means settling down a little bit or, you know, kids or something. What are you going to do before that? A couple other little red flags that might cue you not being ready to date again. If someone is, if you're dating and you notice that like anytime someone's interested in you, you start to pull away, you know, that's a sign. Hey, like why if they're interested in me I should be you know feeling this not just pulling away if you are just a just as afraid of being with your person as you are of being alone maybe you're actually scared to say oh my gosh am I did I find my person already did I find my person too quick because again did you have that time of being single that you wanted to enjoy or if you struggle about being clear with what you're looking for in dating, if you struggle about what your non-negotiables are, or if you're like questioning how that you should be treated in a relationship, you know, those are very obvious signs that you probably shouldn't be dating again. And I think that I'll tell you that's not one thing. Like I have a list. I know what I'm looking for. I know exactly how I would like to be treated. And I'm like, okay, this is what I want. Uh, you know, again, when I first started dating, especially when I, when I was dating in Cincinnati, I knew I wasn't really going to stay in Cincinnati, so I was just more so going on dates. I just wanted to kind of get the practice and the habit of dating again out of the way, which was fun. But I knew at the same time, like, hey, probably isn't going anywhere. Whereas now I really know what I'm looking for and I feel so clear on that and what I want in a relationship. Also with that, I think it's so important to understand that you don't have like working on yourself and healing does not mean that you're not ready to date. Working on ourselves and healing is a lifelong journey. We're not just going to wake up one day and be like, oh my God, I'm healed. I don't have to do anything anymore. No, like I personally want to date someone who was working on themselves. I want to date someone who is on this journey of healing constantly. And I think that that's so powerful. And just because you're working on that doesn't mean that you're not ready to date. There are certain things that you're going to find that you can only work through when you're in a relationship again, there's certain triggers that are going to come up or certain experiences that you're going to come in to that aren't going to be there if you're just single. Thinking about that, like I think that's a really big key that you don't have to just be this. You don't have to feel like you have to be your perfect 100% put back together self to deserve love again. So wrapping this up with my top tips, I just want to highlight that I think the most important thing to remember is that you are so much more than your romantic relationships. In life, we put such an emphasis on romantic relationships. We put such an emphasis on marriage and things like that. But I'll tell you, I know a lot more women who have 40-year amazing friendships with their best friends than I know that have 40-year amazing marriages. <laughs> so don't discount your friendships. Don't discount your relationships with your family. You are so much more than a relationship with a man. Your life is so much bigger than a love, like a story about a love story, right? Like there's so much more to life. I promise you the coolest thing about you will never be that you are so-and-so's girlfriend. Like the coolest thing about you is not that you are fill-in-the-blanks wife. 
you are your own person and there's so many more interesting things and cool shit that you're going to do and you're going to be a part of and it doesn't define if you're single, divorced, relationship, like whatever. You are your own whole person. You're going to do amazing things and you're going to be remembered because you are an amazing person. We are all going to have our heart broken. Like we can't go through life without experiencing heartbreak. We have not met all the people in our lifetime that are going to love us. And I love the idea that if the universe can take someone out of your life that you never thought you would have to live without, imagine the fact that they can bring someone into your life that you never even imagined. Like the universe can just bring someone in that you never imagined how great your life would be. The universe always trades up. It does. If you go and you do the right things and you make sure that you are progressing, your next relationship is just going to be bigger and better and a deeper love. The universe always, always, always trades up. So remember that, have faith in that. And then also like building that relationship with yourself. That's got to be number one most important thing. So like I said, guys, (laughs) if you're going to go drunk text your ex this weekend, you know, just slide into my DMs instead. Let me know instead. We'll chat Um, and know that even though this is, you know, you might be going through a season of pain, it's just a season and you're going to be so much off better. You're going to bloom and grow in the next season. And this is just a, it's a new chapter. You get to write a new chapter and what does that look like? And it's actually a really beautiful experience if you decide to take it that way. So I hope you all have a great weekend. If you enjoyed this episode, as always, please screenshot, share it at Instagram or, you know, DM me if there's anything that resonated with you. And I will talk to you all soon.